before we start this episode, this episode of The Locker Room is presented by bbchick.com. bbchick is a recruiting service made just for women's basketball players. Unlike other recruiting websites, this innovative hub offers an enchanting blend of affordability and unwavering support, empowering coaches to forge deep connections with talented players through their own personalized live profile. With access to over 2,000 coaches, bbchick can help you contact coaches through email and monitor each of their movements on your profile with their remarkable coach tracker. BB Chick is sure to benefit or kickstart your recruiting process. Use the link in the description to sign up for BB Chick to jumpstart your recruiting. With that being said, cue the intro music. Check, mic check, one, two, one, two. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Locker Room Podcast. I'm your host, Wyatt Lister. Today, I'm here with a very special guest, Point Loma women's basketball player, Annika Thayer. Annika, how are you? Super great. Excited to be here. Yep. Let's just get right into it. Just briefly introduce yourself. I'm Annika. I play a forward on the Point Loma women's basketball team. I just finished my sophomore year and excited to keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so let's just get right into it. How were you put on to playing basketball? So originally, I had no desire to really play basketball, but I am one, so everyone told me that I had to keep playing and keep playing. So I tried out for the sixth grade basketball team, got cut from that, and then that just really sparked my motivation. I just wanted to keep going, and that ended up in good places. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt about it. So, I mean, through, you know, being cut and, you know, having that motivation, was there like a specific kind of falling in love moment with basketball or did it just come with time? I think there's a little bit of both. After being cut, it was kind of like, oh, man, like I never want to feel that like pain again, like going up and like not seeing my name on the list. And then it was just through hours of work. And then finally, just like instead of there was a switch of being wanting to get better and then just wanting to actually be there and having fun and loving the game and just enjoying it so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, most definitely. Um, So then, you know, moving on from that, you get up into high school. Uh, It seemed like from, you know, the research I did, Truckee High was pretty good while you were there. What impacts were you making in the program as a freshman? I think um, joining freshman or joining varsity as a freshman was definitely not something to take lightly because all the seniors that has never really happened before. So it was really coming together with everyone and trying to like build that team culture so that we were able to go on the court and everyone be a unit and succeed together rather than just one and the other. Mm -hmm. So what was that development looking like for you as far as, you know, being a freshman and then you know, being an underclassman to, you know, set yourself up for a better junior and senior year when you're receiving starting minutes? I think that was really just looking up to the upperclassmen, just taking what they have to say, then taking what all the coaches have to say, and just really just using that and using your development for that as the underclassman where you can get those minutes and just use it to develop yourself. Mm-hmm. For sure. What kind of leadership was were those senior classes bringing when you were a freshman and sophomore? I think it was a really team first mentality because not all of them started and they just shown that the team came first and not everybody had to start or even play 
to be part of the team, which is such a great role model for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no doubt about it. So, you know, just kind of moving up from that, uh, you know, past your freshman and sophomore year, uh, you won a state championship your junior year in 2020. What was the experience of that team like? That team was really the, probably one of the best teams I've ever played on. Everyone, nobody was really a basketball player, but everyone was such great athletes and just willing to learn and play their role. So there weren't that many scores on that team, but everyone was able to do their role, pass, play, shoot. And it was just such a great team dynamic. And it was right before COVID. So everyone was just playing out with all their heart. And then we got shut down right after. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So then, I mean, with that being said, you bring up the fact that, you know, that team didn't have a lot of basketball players. How many college women's basketball players have come out of Truckee High prior to you? I believe there's only two of us, and there was Elena a year above me, and then me. Really? Yeah. So what was that kind of dynamic like as far as trying to get your name out there, being from one, a small place like Truckee, and a relatively small high school and two being from a place that isn't necessarily known for women's basketball or just basketball in general. Yeah. So that was a lot of just going to club, which I played for jam on it in Reno. So that was a lot of just using those coaches and playing the AAU circuit with them and traveling with them. And mm. after that, really just like sending out emails. Mm. For sure. So what was, um, who are you looking for? Or to start with, I mean, was Point Loma your first choice or were you looking other places before? I think for me, I was kind of just looking in Southern California. I wanted to stay in California. Then when I was playing at a tournament in Chicago, the Point Loma coach came up to me and started recruiting me. And then I started looking into the school and I loved it and I loved all the girls. And I think it just was a perfect fit for me. Mm -hmm, for sure. So playing on the AU circuit, I mean, obviously I've been there. I grew up playing AU in high school. Long summers, you know, seven, eight games in a weekend, two to three practices a week. What about AU, especially playing for a team like Jam On It, where you were able to, it seems like, travel around a fair amount? How does that open your eyes to competition, not only on your level, but, you know, competition you may see in the future? Yeah, absolutely. I think. The competition wise, it was great for Jam on it because we would play with all of the older girls and they were so good. So like as an eighth grade, we'd be playing with the seniors in high school and like they would beat us every time. But that just made us so much better. And with that being said, we I found that the competition in like northern California and like northern Nevada is just no caliber to like everywhere else around the world, even around the country. So it's just crazy to see like how everyone works so hard and you can get to where you need to be. Mm. So where were most of the people who were playing from Jam on it from? Like Northern uh, California and Northern California, Western Northern Nevada. Nevada. Yeah. yeah. So how is that uh, team dynamic? Because, I mean, you said it yourself. You know, the talent pool coming from that general area isn't the greatest. So how were you trying to set yourself, set yourself up for success when it came to, you know, playing in these bigger tournaments? Yeah, I would say just – my coach once said this, like you work hard and things come to you. So it's diving for loose balls, like getting every rebound, like no matter like if you're winning or losing, like the coaches will see like your hustle and your work ethic. And I think that's just like the biggest thing to set yourself apart. Mm -hmm, for sure. Had you received any interest from any coaches before Point Loma? 
Yeah, there was a lot on the East Coast and the Midwest, and I was just looking more to stay in California. So mm -hmm, For sure. So describe what that game was like leading up to the Point Loma coach coming up to you and starting to recruit you. Yeah, I think that's really interesting because it was in the middle of our, like, as you said, super long summer. We, like, hadn't been home in two months, and we were in Chicago, and nobody was playing well. It was just, like, we were down 20, 30 points, and it was just, like, an eye-opening game. Like, nobody was playing well. We couldn't do anything, so I was like, okay, what can I do? And I was just trying to get every rebound I could, trying to dive on loose balls, and then after the game, I was like, well, like, at least I know I played hard. And then the Point Loma coach came up and it was just a great feeling to be like, OK, that work paid off, even though we were losing. Mm -hmm. For sure. So, I mean, with that being said, you I mean, you're six one, you have some sort of size advantage over, you know, the average college women's basketball player. What is your play style like compared to other college players? How do you use your size to your advantage? Yeah, it definitely depends because there are some girls that are much taller than me and much bigger mm -hmm. and I can't right. do anything. So I just have to use my speed against them. Mm -hmm. But for most of the games, it's just like staying low in the paint and then cleaning up the boards. And then like the point guard of the guards will pass into me. And if I have a good move, I'll make it. If not, I'll kick mm -hmm. it back out and I get a great shot. Yeah, for sure. So leading up to that, um, I mean, what was your recruiting process like with Point Loma? It, I mean, it obviously started, like you said, with that game in Chicago, but what was going on after that to keep your interest and get your offer? Yeah. So it was lots of emails back and forth. Um, so it's actually interesting for me because the coach that recruited me isn't actually there anymore. So I was recruited by a totally different coach that's coaching me right now. So I was in touch with the old coach and the old assistant coach and just constant emails and phone calls and just, and then I committed my, the summer before my senior year. Mm -hmm. So you you had been talking to them for at least a while before yeah. you'd be, you had committed. So, I mean, moving on from that, how, how do you value the importance of just keeping your connections open to have a spot to land if, you know, something doesn't pan out? Oh, I think it's so important because there was so many other coaches that I was talking to during that time. And I was really considering a lot of other schools before Point Loma and just being able to talk to everybody and just keep all your options open just to make sure that what's the best fit for you. Mm -hmm, for sure. I mean, so describe what that situation's like when an old assistant and an old recruiting coach are, you know, looking to get you. And so number one, when did that change happen? So I was already committed and then they brought me in to, for a visit and sat me down and said, you know, like, we're not going to be here anymore. Like, hopefully the other coach will take you. Like, if not, we'll help you as much as possible. And luckily the other coach like decided to keep me. And so that was awesome and mm -hmm. ended up loving her. So it worked out for me, but it was definitely a scary time. How does that, I mean, yeah, just go into some detail about, you know, what that situation's like when a new st coaching staff is coming in and. Yeah. So it was all new and like all the girls had no idea who she was and she came in and just really had to like try to get everyone on the same page with her and her play style, which took definitely a while. And I was under like a different understanding with the other coach and then she came in and helped me. And it was just a different thing for sure. Cause the original coach due to COVID had asked me to redshirt since there were so many players on the team. And I was like, okay, like whatever you want to do, I'm here. This is a school for me. Like, absolutely. I'll do that. 
And then this new coach came in and she was like, oh no, like, I don't think you want a red shirt. And I ended up starting. So it was definitely just a big switch and just going with the mm-hmm. flow and whatever fit. I mean, so when you get there, obviously this is after the coaching change and you end up, like you said, starting as a freshman. How big of a jump is that for you from a physical standpoint and just a general basketball standpoint from playing high school to division two women's basketball? Yeah, it was pretty crazy because if you think about it with COVID, I was 18 playing with 23, 24 year olds. So even that mental difference is huge as well. And so their IQ was big. And I think that really just falls back to relying on the leaders and on the captains. We had such a great captains those past couple of years. And it's just been so great to like see them even just during the games and they would help me out so much. Mm -hmm. So what were they doing for you uh, from a leadership standpoint as a freshman who was starting? Definitely leading by example was a big one, but then also just like chirping into my ear, like you're good, like on the free throw line being like, okay, like this is what we're doing next. And just like making sure that I was on the same Mm -hmm. page with everyone. Definitely. So, I mean, moving on from that, you kind of touched on it a little bit just from a mental standpoint of playing against, you know, girls who are three, four, even five years older than you. How does that physicality change from high school to college? Yeah, it's much more physical. And I think that took a while to get used to. But the practices also leading up helped as well, because when you get there, it's a lot more running, a lot more just like physicality as well. And just being able to bang, especially as a post underneath and getting the rebounds, like it took a while to get used to, but once you do, it's like, okay, this is like, you can reach your potential of using it. Mm, for sure. What was that uh, first practice like? Definitely eye-opening. It was a lot more running than I was expecting, um, but it was good. It was like a very first practice, as I said, like with the new coach and the new team. So it was a lot of just everyone getting used to new drills and new people and the chemistry was also weird too, because I had never played with all those girls and they've already played with everyone. There was only two of us coming in, but the other freshman had torn her ACL. So I was really the only other person coming in new. And so that was also mm. a huge jump as well. Cause everyone had already played college basketball and I was the only one that had it. Mm. So yeah, no, no doubt about it. How well um, do you feel like your coach and your team took those practices, especially under a new system to prepare well for your freshman year? I think everyone was very well receiving all of the information that they were taking, but it definitely took a couple practices to feel everyone out and try to get everything mm-hmm. perfect. And so it took a while, but I think everyone was really like trying to use the learning curve and do everything like that. Definitely. So did you start your first game as a freshman? No, I did not. The first three games, I came off the bench, and then after that, I started the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. So what was it like starting that first game then? Um, it was definitely adrenaline sinking. That was like the highest scoring game of like the first part of the season. I think I had 17 points that game. So mm-hmm. my adrenaline was just through the roof. We had a huge crowd, and I think I don't even – I I tell people like I just blacked out that game. It was just – I don't even know what happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, that's crazy. So, I mean, moving through that, your freshman year, dealing with a new coach, new system, and moving on from that, just and then getting used to college, how are you able to set yourself up for success as far as not only on the basketball team, but in the classroom as well? Yeah, absolutely. So at the Point Loma, it's definitely a lot different because our classes are so small. Mm-hmm. 
So the professors really know like who we are, like what we need to do. And I initially went in to school as a marketing major and took two accounting classes and the accounting professors was like, you need to switch right now. And so I switched and now I have an internship next summer, Ernst & Young for an accounting internship. And like the coaches were so supportive the whole way. Like I didn't have a, a outfit for the interview and the coaches like gave me all their outfits. Like everyone's been so supportive and the professors have helped me. So it's just been such a great community to be there. Mm -hmm, for sure. I mean, so with that being said, being in a tight knit group like that, and then as well as, you know, having your coaches set you up for success, how does that greater influence your effect on the overall team at Point Loma? Yeah, it just makes me feel like I'm there for a purpose and like want to give back because they're pouring so much to me. So I feel like I want to pour so much into everyone else and help so much else from below me. So it's just really just like a full circle moment of everyone. Most definitely. So moving on from that, you finished your freshman year, going into your sophomore year. How were you do what were you doing to prepare yourself that off season to get ready to improve on what was already a very strong freshman campaign? Yeah. So I think the biggest thing for me was just finding people in Truckee to play against so I could keep that up. Because there's not a lot of people in Trekkie that do play basketball, right. so it was hard to find that. But I would end up going and playing with like the old college players that used to play and go play pickup with them. And then another big thing was I already knew what the conditioning circuit looked like. So uh -huh. being able to go on the offseason and do those conditioning by myself and push myself to like pass what I can do so I can come back in shape. Mm -hmm. For sure. So kind of go through what you know a typical day looks like for you during the offseason. Yeah, I mean, today was actually a perfect day. So I woke up, had some breakfast, and then I went to the gym and did our lift that was sent to us through the summer on the summer packet. And then I ended up going to the gym a little bit early, getting some shots up, just like warming up, played pickup for about two hours. And then something new that I've actually started doing this summer is seeing a mental performance coach, which has really been helping. Mm -hmm, for sure. So if you don't mind, let's kind of dip into that a little bit of like sports psychology. How much has that really changed your outlook, not only just on basketball, but on, I mean, your college career as a whole? I mean, it's just crazy to see how much it really affects you. Like, it is so much of the game than we think. Like, it really just affects every single thing that we do. Mm -hmm, for sure. So, you know, describe what you've gotten out of that, at least so far. Yeah. So a couple of things that we've been working on is working on, like, stress response and heart rate variability. So just looking at like the different heart rates and seeing like where you should be for your maximal, like lowest stress environment so that you can turn it on like that and training that and like training the breath and seeing that, okay, when my breath is this low, I can use it to keep my heart rate low then to keep all my body temperature low. Because if my body temperature is low, then my brain doesn't think I'm stressed. So then you can perform better. So it's really cool just to like look at and see everything that's going on with your brain. Mm-hmm. No, I get that for sure. So I'll kind of touch into this briefly. So I ran my first half marathon a little over a month and a half ago. And I was not a runner. I hooped all of high school. So I hated running. Like, I mean, that was our punishment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I started getting into it. And then, I, you know, I was doing a little bit of research. And the biggest thing is like when you start, especially – when you're doing these longer distances, eight, nine, 
10, you know, 13 miles for a half marathon. The biggest thing at the beginning is like controlling your heart rate. So you start slow so you can control your breath and control your heart rate. So that's really interesting to hear from your perspective of like a sports psychology standpoint where your stress is here, your heart rate has to be here, your breath has to be here. So then what are you doing as far as training your breath or, you know, training your mind to manage that? Yeah. So it's something that actually we found from Steph Curry that he did to keep his breath and heart rate so low. But after I work out at the gym, I'll just lay down and grab like a 10, 15 pound weight and just put it on my diaphragm and use that and try to use it up and down and train that. And so the breath goes like that and you can use it. And then when you're off and you don't have the weight on, it's so much easier to breathe and you use your diaphragm rather than your chest. And then all your muscles are relaxed. You don't have to use any energy to do that. That's crazy you bring that up because I just saw that video the other day. Yeah. I think I said it was just like an Instagram reel, but he was bring, whoever made it was bringing up like it was either like a sandbag or as a weight yeah. lays down. And I mean, it shows. I mean, Steph Curry is by far probably the most conditioned guy in the league. Oh, totally. I, I definitely get weird looks at the gym, but it's worth it. See, so you just go lay down, just put it. Yeah. Like, yeah. right. Yeah. Okay. Wow, that's interesting. So, I mean, did your, uh, what, uh, I guess your, you know, doctor or whatever, find that through Steph Curry or was it one of his trainers who was, or was there something that was even before that, that people knew about? I think it was before that. And I found just like all the research of it and just using the diaphragm to breathe rather than your chest. Right, for sure. So, I mean, it doesn't, I mean, from what you said, you weren't doing it that long, but have you seen improvements even just in the little time you've done it? Oh, absolutely. Like even just like going to play pickup, I feel like less winded than I was, and which is just crazy. And I can use so much more of what I have been breathing. And then we also get like hooked up to like these biofeedback things and you can see it on the computer. And it's just after all the training, it just shows like how much lower my stress is and how much lower all my muscle tension is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, after doing this, how much do you, how much more do you value sports psychology? And I guess that also ties into mindfulness, which is something oh, yeah. I've been huge on for a while. How important yeah. is that to you now? It is so important. And even with our team back at Point Loma, we had like a mindfulness uh, team therapist that we would come in and before every game, turn all the lights off for five, 10 minutes and just visualize everything. I think visualizing is huge before games as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt about it. So let's move on from that. Let's just get into your sophomore year. What are some of your biggest takeaways from your sophomore season? Yeah, I think a lot of the biggest things. So I went into a slump my the beginning of my sophomore year, and I think that's when I really discovered the mental training and how big it really was. Um, just really like cheering on your teammates and like being there for everyone. And you can't go internal. You really have to be external for everyone, and then you play better because of it. Mm, for sure. I mean, I've talked to a couple of the guys I've talked to. I had uh, Nick Sicasio a couple of weeks ago, who's one of the guards at Chapman. Um, shout out, Nick. He talks about, as a guy who was a walk-on as a junior, someone who had used to play at University of Pacific, um, and then went through stuff, took a year – year or two off and came back and you know isn't getting playing time how important when is when you're not playing bad and you're not in the game he talks about 
the importance of being a leader and affecting the game ways outside of being on the court. So, I mean, through going through that slump, did you, you know, greater benefit your team from a leadership perspective and then, you know, just impacting the game in other ways like that? Yeah, totally. I think a biggest thing on the bench is just celebrating each other. Because if you can celebrate each other, then they get more hype. They get more energy on this uh, court and then on the bench. And then when you're going, you're ready to be in and you don't have like that low energy. Everyone has that same level of high energy and it just keeps building off of each other. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, so next thing, this is a section we've recently added to the locker room. This is quick combo. This is five quick questions, short answers. Okay. Get the combination. Uh, Who's your all-time starting five? Women or men? Let's do both. Okay. Um, okay, so well, I would say Steph Curry. Then we'll have Katie... Jimmy Butler. Oh, okay. I like that. <laughs> um, let's see. Clay. And unpopular opinion, Draymond Green. Oh, Warriors fan <laughs> in the building. Okay. Let's hear it for women's. Okay. Well, you got to do Caitlin Clark. Then we'll go Aaliyah Boston. And then somebody that I've been watching for a really long time, Gabby Williams, Mm -hmm. Asia Wilson, and Candace Parker. For sure. What's the go-to pregame song? Um, We either got to hit Levitating by Dua Lipa, and I think that was just first game of the starting that I ever started and just scored the 17 points. So it's just been a ritual after that or the motto by Drake. Oh, Okay. (laughs) If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Reading minds. Oh, I like it. You could have dinner with three people, dead or alive. Who are you inviting? I think we got to go Steph Curry again. Um, my mind just goes to basketball. Jimmy Butler and we'll go Candace Parker. Okay, I like it. So that concludes Quick Combo. Thank you for playing. We'll get right back into the episode. I've talked with – you brought up Caitlin Clark. Uh, the other women's basketball player I had on a while ago, Alexa McKeska, who's a guard at William & Mary, she brought – we were talking about Caitlin Clark. This was right after the Final Four and the incredible tournament run Iowa made. How do you feel about Caitlin Clark and what she's done for the game of women's basketball in the past three years? I mean, she's amazing. She's really brought up the viewership, but she's done it with such class and just really just showing like leading by example. And just if you like look up her workouts, like she just hustles and she's just such a hard worker, which has been so awesome to see. Mm, For sure. And what, I mean, from a female perspective and the underappreciation of women's basketball is been something that's been going on for a long time do you feel like now I mean with people like Caitlin Clark or even Angel Reese and that championship game have they elevated women's basketball to a new level and do you think and what do you think are going to be things that will grow women's basketball in the coming future I think they were great because they got the viewership up and people saw like 
oh, like this isn't just the start of it. Like women's basketball has always been exciting. It's always been fast paced. It's always been like so great to watch, but people didn't realize that until this viewership came up. So I think just like continuing talking about women's basketball and continuing to see like going out to games and just seeing how exciting everything is. Mm -hmm, For sure. Where do you see women's basketball elevating in the future? I hopefully see it as like, I know everyone can't come to like four hour games, but at least like touching into like the women's games and the men's games at college games, instead of just like coming just strictly for the men's games at like our fourth quarter. Mm -hmm, For sure. So, I mean, with that being said, moving on from that, let's just get back into it. You bring up the slump uh, at the beginning of your sophomore year. What were you doing to, you know, stay locked in and get out of that slump later in the year? Yeah, so that was actually really hard. I was like in it for a while, couldn't figure anything out. I was going to coaches for help and they didn't really know what was going on either. So then it was finding this mental performance coach and having her like trying to dissect and see what was going wrong. And after that, it really figured it out and just helped and was able to get back. Mm, For sure. So you finish your sophomore year. Now we're summer going into your junior year. What are you looking forward to most your next two years at Point Loma? I'm really looking forward to, we're keeping most of the same team. So just having that same team dynamic and we're like all best friends, such a family. And it's just being together all the time and hopefully winning a championship. Mm-hmm. How, who is in Point Loma's conference? Just remind me briefly. So we have Biola, Hawaii Pacific, Azusa Pacific, Hilo, Chaminade, um, Fresno Pacific, Academy of Art. And then I think Holy Names is done, but yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Sounds good. Um, I mean, with that being said, kind of moving on to back couple questions. What is your biggest advice to any women's basketball players looking to play at the next level? I think just email everybody that you want to go to it all then camps are a big one as well to like get your name out there and get your Mm -hmm. skill out there and get your face out there in front of coaches do you play at any camps or was it just strictly yeah i went to a lot of camps but it was more at the beginning because COVID shut them all down right i got you all right so what's next for you when you're done playing basketball here at point loma I mean, pro could be an option. Not sure about that yet, but we'll see where the next two years take me. If not, then I'll have to figure something else out. Mm -hmm. Yep. Sounds like you got it somewhat figured out. Uh, With that being said, this concludes our episode. Monica, thank you for taking the time out of your day to do this. This was awesome getting to know you. We never even talked before this episode, so this was straight off the dome, but... With that being said, Annika, sign us off. I'm Annika Thayer, and this is The Locker Room, where sports unite us and stories inspire us. (laughs) 